everyone, welcome back to Crystal Clear the Podcast, where clarity is the goal, clarity in life, clarity in choices, and just being totally clear with who I am and where I desire to be. Crystal Clear is my affirmation, and this is episode 48. Is it? I gotta make sure. Yep, indeed it is episode 48. Wow, Uh, I just, you know, sometimes you lose count. Anyway, so on this episode, I have John Salvatore from the Johnny Fex podcast. He's another solo host. And we had the most random but enjoyable conversation ever. Like I had like topic points and stuff like that, but I just I was having so much fun with John we just were talking we we were just talking and talking about what we enjoyed and different things it was just hard to stay on track with him because I just enjoyed talking to him so much like I knew for the whole day that that was going to be a pleasant conversation and it absolutely was so shout outs to John for just being an overall awesome and welcoming person like his personality everything about him awesome 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 um i'm pretty sure i'll have another conversation with him at some point or whatever where we can get deeper into something else but today was a light day we got to keep it simple and sweet and we talked about like you know our childhood favorite shows and our favorite artists and things like that we just had a good time i hope you can appreciate you can appreciate this type of conversation and I I I pray that my audience allows me to you know do what I feel you know like some days I want to have very serious conversations sometimes I want to do like internal work and inspect my feelings and my thoughts and sometimes I want to just keep it light anyway I do get to do it I absolutely do get to do it um a lot of times you know I am concerned with you know how people balance and go back and forth through my mini topics from episode to episode and at the end of the day I get to do what I want to do I really do and I don't have to fear if people are accepting of it or not because I'm accepting of it Um, I feel like a lot of people find their ways to my channel because they are also on a journey to self-discovery trying to figure out who they are and why you know and because that's what I am truly about at the end of the day. And I feel like I get to be different things. I don't have to be the same deep every week. I don't have to be the same spiritual every week. I don't have to be the same goofy giddy every week. You get to experience me in whatever I am feeling. And while I'm going here or whatnot, um, on my very favorite episode where it's clear I struggle with self-doubt and fear or whatever I talk about a lot of things that I fear and uh, I think a lot of people get confused when they hear people talking about what they fear and they assume that people because of what they fear they are like stuck somewhere or they're not going to do something out of you know because you know they're not gonna you know get beyond that fear well I would like to explain to people those who might get confused that expressing your fear and discussing your fear is another form of fearlessness see 
I'm not afraid to say what I am afraid of. I, I understand that fear comes with it. I understand that fear is a part of it. It's always there. Fear doesn't go away. Fear is a participant. It's going to come, try to discourage you. If you're not discouraged, great. But fear is going to be in the background. Trying to, you know, sometimes discourage you still. Trying to get in your head. And it's up to you, the individual, to say, you know what? Fear and all, this is what I'm going to do. See, there's something that's always going to outweigh the fear. There is a goal that is going to outweigh the fear. There is a purpose that is going to outweigh the fear every time. And see, my part here is to always explain that, hey, sometimes you'll struggle with fear on some things and sometimes you will not. But I don't want anybody and everybody to think that fear is something that you get to, you know, bundle up and ship away and you ain't got to deal with it no more. Anytime there's something new, every time there's a new level, you heard the saying, a new level, new devil. It's real. It's real. It is real. And I am here to help people understand it is real. If I have someone who's following me and following my journey and want to know how I made it, I want you to know that every step of the way, there was something else for me to fear, something else for me to deal with every step of the way. And I am going to talk about it because I am courageous, because I am victorious with fear and all. I hope that got to you. Thank you. Okay, okay. Now we can get on with the show. So if you continue to listen, you'll get into the episode with me and the Johnny Facts. And I don't know what I'm going to call this episode. It's probably going to be a mashup name. But anyway, keep listening and enjoy the show. Thank you. everybody welcome back to crystal clear the podcast i have a guest today it's the john effect from the john effect podcast actually his name is john salvatore but i'll let him introduce himself say hi good evening hello this is john salvatore uh from john effect podcast thank you so much for having me on the show Oh my God. Thank you for coming. Thank you for accepting the invite. I was afraid. <laughs> I was shocked. I'll be honest. When you sent that invitation out, I was like, wow, really? You want me to, to come on the show? So I'm very appreciative and thank you again. I can't thank you enough. Oh my God. Well, I'm glad again that you accepted and awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, yeah. So, you know, one solo podcaster to another, like, uh, how is it? it off to you. For you to maintain control and just have your show flow so effortlessly, kudos to you for that because you do such a great job. Because I'm sure you know hosting solo is such a challenge sometimes. It's the biggest challenge, but I was about to pay you the same compliment. Like, I, I, I love how your show flows. I feel like you are super consistent. And I'm just like, he has his, you know, you have your format. It's like, it's consistent. Like, it, you, I'm hats off to you. Like, I'm just like, wow. Thank you. Wow. Like, he does it every week. Like, I, I'm trying to figure out, like, how do you 
pick your song that you're going to like you know have your little breaks on how are you going to how you pick your artist that you're going to do your gold silver bronze on i'm just like how because i feel like for me when i thought i was going to have a format and segments i had to always like be looking up things to do and like on days when i just really wasn't feeling it i was like i can't do it i ain't doing it. let me tell them i'm not you know <laughs> so yeah I, trust me i understand there have been times where I'm like, I have nothing to talk about. I have no show. And then I go into panic mode and I'll reach out to one of my peers and I'll be like, Jamie, I don't have anything to talk about. And he's like, yes, you do. Just pull something and make it work. So I'm always thankful for that when, you know, my peers step in and like, you can do this. You've done it, but just keep doing it. So. Wow. I mean, it it's tough. And I, you know, you have a second podcast now. So I know it's even more challenging because then that means you have to have kind of separate material for both shows. It was. I will say that you are so right. With launching the pod panel, it kind of cannibalized the Johnny effect as far as cultural effects go. Because before I did the pod panel... I would rotate segments out like as far as cultural effects and then personal effects. So cultural effects are things that, you know, we we deal with as a community, whether it's the LGBTQ community or Afro, you know, Afro-Americans or Latinos. Uh And I kind of migrated those conversations over to the pod panel. So I've come up with different segments to backfill that segment on my show, um, more personal effects recently with the hot seat and then sometimes I'll do just random things but yeah so it, it is hard it's somewhat of a balance because the great thing about the pod panel it's not a pop culture show it's a little bit of everything whereas my show is primarily pop culture so it's kind of a good balance I don't get to be as serious on my show it's more underlying on my show but with the pod panel, I, I want to think I take a more serious approach because we talk about heavier issues. Oh, okay. Okay. That That's good. That's good. I just imagine, like, for me, like, I feel like when every time I'm on someone else's show or a lot of times when I have different guests, it's like because my show is about me, you know, it's like I feel like I'm saying a lot of the same things. And so if like um if ever like i had to be on another show or do another show i feel like i would be depleted because i'm just gonna be me because i don't really feel like i could talk about a lot of different issues you know like i it's like uh, i can't i'm pretty sure i could but i feel like i'd be limited you can you just have to just tell yourself you can do it yeah possibly that's probably that's probably true but i just feel like i'm kind of like I don't want to be, but I'm like, ugh. Like, I don't think I could talk about political things. Uh, the, I pretty, I'm pretty sure I could talk about pop culture. I just don't think I could do it just as like you or the other people who do it so well, you know? So I'm like, Mm-mm. I'm going to leave it alone. <laughs> I understand. I, I, trust me, I understand. Yeah, so it's it's that kind of thing. You're just like, okay, I think I have a lane. Let me, let me stay in that and do what I do. Exactly. That's what I've been saying since day one. <laughs> my, I'm lucky that I had a mentor to tell me, stay in your lane and do what you do great and don't worry about trying to ride all these different lanes. Right, right, absolutely. You don't need to be a jack of all trades. You don't need to be a jack of all trades. You just need to do what you do and do it well. Yes, yes. I absolutely wholeheartedly agree with that so shout out to your mentor because they were 100 percent right 
uh what was i gonna say oh oh we also we do have something in common and um it's the fact that we like phaedra we the only two people though they're like we are the only two people that like phaedra we we by ourselves Nobody wants to give her. Nobody wants to forgive her. Nobody wants to. You know, she's human. She made a mistake. Right. Gross and insensitive mistake. Yes, it was. People have done far worse things and bounced back from that. Right. Yeah. I, I. My heart goes out to her. You know, like you. You know, she knows she made a mistake. You know, she knows she's wrong. And right. I think. I think. Like for her, it's just. For some, you know, it's just one of those human things where she can't admit that she was really hurt and she's dealing with her pain in a very weird way, and she just doesn't want to admit to having pain about that, you know. And and you're just like, just tell the truth, Phaedra. It'll do so much more for you. And she's just like, Mm-mm. I'm, I gotta stay strong. I gotta hold up this front. It's, it's not working for me, but I'm gonna do what I have to do. It was it was the hardest thing watching that uh, reunion show. But I. Oh my yo! Oh my god! I was cringing because I'm like. Phaedra, you've been so great, and then in this instance, it's like, it was so difficult to watch, and then just watching it made me think that it's beyond the scope of what we saw, because, of course, they cannot break the fourth wall. Right. I think the producers had something to do with it, allegedly. Possibly, yeah. I feel like Carlos King had something to do with this behind the scenes, and for whatever reasons she can't say that and maybe that's why she's not as forthcoming as we would like her to be because you're probably right you're probably right on i'm not gonna say it doesn't seem uncharacteristic because she's she's done things right in the seasons that she's been on but i feel like this just took the cake and it made me think well yes you're probably capable of it but i don't think you orchestrated this by yourself right right like you had you had good reasons to repeat that and be adamant about it. That's all I got. <laughs> like, she she wasn't alone when she came out with that and was like, this is the truth. And then she kind of like, oh, my God. I fell for it. And now right. I have to... I'm with you. Now I have to sit in it. You know? And that's what it that's what it really looked like. But, yeah. I just... I, I'm kind of interested in this next season to come. Like, I'm just like, what's going to be... What's How is it going to... I feel like she's going to be there. I don't care... They said she, that she's fired or whatever. I feel like she's going to be there. We're going to see her. If she's not, I'm going to be extremely disappointed. Um, I'm going to say this. I don't think, well, from what I've been told, because I have some, I have a little bit of inside information, she's not going to be on this season. She will be discussed, but she won't be on it. I have a theory, and I have a feeling she's not going to be on this season. I have a feeling that she will return next season because you have to take disciplinary action for these type of events because the same thing with Portia. When Portia drug Kenya across that stage, she was fired mm-hmm. the next season. She was demoted. She was not on the show. And then the following season, they brought her back as a full-time cast member. Okay, okay. So I had that same concept that I'm thinking, th- this was 10 times above that. Phaedra may not be at all on this season, but I have a feeling she will be reintroduced next season. Yeah, I mean... Let's, let's keep it real. Yeah, like, I'm sorry, but Phaedra, her confessionals, like, that's that that made the show for me when it was kind of slow. Like, yeah. if if it wasn't for her, like, it just would have been nothing. Because she, she, 
her shade is like what is it tip top, tip top. like yes it is like high quality yeah no I, I agree so i'll miss her and i'm still interested in what's going on because unfortunately i also like nini i don't i don't know why <laughs> I do. I mean, I'm with you. I, <laughs> I, I do like Nene. She makes for good television. But I will say this to, you know, to kind of echo what the Baby Boy podcast has said. I haven't missed Nene. Like, Nene's great. But when she wasn't there, the show flowed just fine for me. Like, I never was yeah. thinking, well, damn, where's Nene at? I right. Like, okay, she's not here. And... Right, right, right. Because she's another person that I don't, I don't like to see her when she's in mess. Like, I just don't like her in the mess. Like, I know she kind of, she, I like to hear her little jokes and her little remarks or whatever, but I don't like to see her like in the middle of the mess. And, you know, I don't like to see her in it. Like, but I know like it's what it is. It's the show and whatever, whatever. But I kind of hate to see her like, you know, doing like the low blows and stuff like that. But yeah, so that. It's never good to watch. It's always, I know for me at least, it's always cringeworthy when it gets heavy and it's messy. Right. But yeah, enough of them. They're coming soon and I'm just going to have to get myself together so I can actually handle the show because it takes a lot. It takes a lot. All right. It takes a lot because they, I just, you know, you walk away with so many things you can't use in life. You know, and you're just like, oh my god! Very true, very true. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna do with all this? The gifts alone <laughs> make up for it. What you can't use, you can take those gifts from the episode, and they can apply it to any conversation you're having with a text or on Twitter. So okay, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. That is true. All right, so let's see. Let's get into these topics I created for you. Let's see. So, okay. So one of your shows, you introed it with designing women, like in a, like some kind of clip from designing women. So I was like, okay, what, what he know about <laughs> designing women? What does he know? Because that. Let me tell you, <laughs> designing women is one of my favorite sitcoms of all time. Like everything, like, Bernice alone is a huge part of why I love designing women so much. Oh my God, Bernice, Lord. I, I loved all of them. I guess my favorite would have to be Julia because she used to tell people off like I lived for her reads. Like she was the first person to read people. <laughs> like I lived for Julia. Her name was Julia, right? That was the older sister, right? The head of the firm. Yes, Julia Sugarbaker. So her, like she was putting people together originally like she was the originator of it so like i would live for her moments when she just had to step in and say this is what it's gonna be <laughs> this exactly. is i loved it and, and, and then that, yes something about when southern bells get you together yes it's just it's always done so immaculate it's never like yes you're getting drunk or yes you're getting red but you but life lessons you really can't get your feelings hurt because <laughs> it's just the execution alone. Yeah, like, but she's giving you life lessons. Like, you're going to be a better person for it. Trust me. You are. You are going to be a better person. If Julia Sugarbaker reads <laughs> you to the grave, you are going to be a better person when you're resurrected. Right. Undoubtedly. Yes. And so I loved her. I loved um, 
<laughs> what was his name? I was about to call him by his real name, and then I just forgot it. I know his name was Anthony or whatever. Anthony yes, Anthony Dubois. I loved him. Him and Bernice oh, killed me. Peace, Taylor. Rest in peace. Yes, 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 Meshach Taylor. Oh my God. So yes, he was one of my faves. Like I followed his career un like unintentionally as a kid. Like right. everything he was in, I happened to just come across. So I really appreciate him and all that he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Yes, I just loved them all. Like that was my show. I originally it was a good show, it was a good clean show. Yes, I originally didn't like it, but once I couldn't convince my mama to change the channel, I just started to sit there and watch it with her, and then it was my show too. So that's how that happened for me. <laughs> but yes, I was like, what does he know about that? Like we probably need to have everything about designing women. <laughs> I... <sighs> if I can get a box, if I can find a box set somewhere, I will be in heaven. But for some reason, certain shows come to DVD and certain shows don't. And I don't understand. Of course, you're never going to find Designing Women on Hulu. So I sometimes I'll catch it on Logo, but mm-hmm. it's very far and few between when it comes on. Yeah, at one point, it was always on. I don't know what channel that yeah, was. Uh, Lifetime used to play chunks in the morning. I remember okay. when I worked in a later shift, I would watch it before I would go to work. But that was maybe 10 years ago. Okay, okay. You're probably right. Yes, but yeah, great TV. Um, so I was like, from that alone, like we, I'm like, I probably need to have a, a old sitcom conversation with him because <laughs> he know I you was watching Dynasty too. Yeah, I'm getting, <laughs> I okay. <laughs> I am. I've always been an old soul, so I love good quality television. And yes, Dynasty is a nighttime soap opera, <laughs> but Dynasty. It's such a great show. Like, again, the reading, the, <laughs> the over-the-topness, just everything. Alexis Carrington, Colby Dexter alone. Like, yes. That's enough. Oh, my goodness. I was like, hey, okay, okay, yeah. I'm going to have to have that conversation with him about the TV shows because that's where I was. Diane Carroll, Black Excellence. Yes, 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 yes. What was the name of that movie that had... What was the name of that movie that had her... It was all like the the black elite back in the day. It was Diane Carroll. They were sisters. I can't think of the name of this movie to save my soul. But it was her, um, Diane Carroll. It was a lot of other black stars. Uh, and they... It's what I, I'm going to have to look it up. Um, the device... I, I'm holding my phone currently. You know why. So I can't look it up, but I would love to talk... They have a movie and it is like the best acting I've ever seen, and it's old. Uh-huh. It's I can't think of it to save my. I'm gonna look it up. If I find it, I'll probably put it in the you know detail box later. But it was one of the best movies I've ever seen, and it was the scene with the three women, the three black elite women. I can't remember the other actors, but they killed that scene, and it made me appreciate acting like. You know, a lot of the actors back in the day, they made they acted so well. They made you want to be an actor. You thought, okay, I need to be an actor. I, I need to be an actor, too. I need to do this, too. <laughs> and you're just like, they are amazing. But, no, you realize, you know, that's an actual gift that people have. And they just killed right, it. But a God-given gift. And yes. not everyone can suggest that. No, no, no. But, yeah, they, she, she killed it. I, I love her. She's beautiful still right now. Okay? She is. <laughs> right yeah. now. She is just her beauty so i'm i'm a fan uh what what other black did you did you were you into like all the black movies when you were younger or did they kind of spread it out for you 
Um, I was, and then I wasn't. Like, some yes, and then some no. Like, it's very hit or miss with me. With, like, the classics, yes, as we trickled into the 90s and, you know, the 2000s, not as much. And then as, you know, decade turned more so. So it's hit or miss with me with those movies. Okay. Did you ever see, like, Imitation of Life? I did not. I've never seen Imitation of Life. Okay. So I'm I'm gonna save I'm gonna save everybody on that because if he had seen it I would like yelled. <laughs> that's one of the. <laughs> that was one of the best movies ever. Okay, so let's see, let's see. Uh, let's go back to TV. So did you watch Knots Landing? I did not watch Knots Landing. Just okay, Dynasty. Yes, Dynasty is white, but I just felt like Knots Landing was just too white for me. I was like, yes. I'm used to being around a bunch of affluent white people, but I'm just like, I can't get with this. I already have Dynasty. I already have Dallas. I have Melrose Place. I can't do this. I can't watch Knox Landing. I'm good. Okay. So you said Melrose Place. So did you watch 90210? I did. I watched okay. the original 90210. Yes. 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 And I watched the reboot on the CW uh, about eight or nine years ago. Like, I refused to reboot, but I definitely was into the original 90210 yes 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 uh, i even had the, the pictures the posters of uh priestly and perry okay both of them was my booze really? so <laughs> yes <laughs> yes 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 uh let's see let's see because uh, i was a I was a kid's kid, but you know, you kind of got into that point to where you were like a, a a preteen, so you liked stuff that wasn't for you. Like I probably yeah, was. I remember watching. I was like, "This is too old for me." Oh, like too old. <laughs> I remember liking. It was a movie called Single and Successful Women. I forgot. Like Single and Successful, and I'm like, "Mom, I need to watch this movie." I was like eight years old, and she was like, "What? <laughs> what do you mean?" I'm like, "That's right. for me. That's for eight. me." Okay. <laughs> like that's my movie. I need to watch it. She was like, "Girl, please." So, my mom was lenient on the TV, you know, given my background was pretty strict as far as church. But my mom, I guess she tried to balance it out with television. Like, okay, I'll let my child live due to television, too, because Lord knows she don't get to do nothing else. <laughs> so, okay. that was me. Do, do you do you have siblings? I'm sorry? Do you have siblings? I do. I have an older brother um, he's three years older than me. We didn't grow up in the same household. Like, I grew up with my mother and our father, and, you know, he grew up with his mother and his stepfather. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So, like, I, I have an older sister. She's nine years older than me, so that's another reason why why my taste was a little more mature is because, you know, right. we, we kind of had to share the TV, so she wasn't going to watch cartoons all day. But we did have a standing agreement that um once one life to live went off because I used to watch that that she had to turn. My parents were older, and then my grandmother was, of course, she was older as well. So you know, she would be my daycare. Like I would, you know, stay with her after school or mm-hmm. what have you. And it was one life to live, and I remember like, and then I think I saw Todd from One Life to Live. I was off one day, and I was I thought I had flipped. I saw General Hospital. And I'm like, wow, Todd is really old, and why is Todd on General Hospital? I was just like, <laughs> what? They, they, they did, they did kind of jump, you know, from different, you know, the different uh, soap operas every time, every now and again. And I was that was confusing to me too. But 
whatever. I did not, early on, I did not watch General Hospital. General Hospital was how I was able to tell time. So we had a standing agreement. I'd watch One Life to Live, but when General Hospital came on, it was time to turn to Tom and Jerry because that's how I knew it was 2 o'clock. So, <laughs> so okay, oh, enough of this. The Buchanans, yes, yes, Asa, all of them. I also watched All My Children. So, every I think it was, I don't know what, I think that was ABC, the ABC soap operas. Yeah, that was ABC. Yeah, I watched the ABC soap operas up until 2 o'clock. So, yeah, that's where I drew the line, and I had to watch my cartoons, and that was that. So, what was what was one of your favorite cartoons coming up as a kid? One of my favorite cartoons, um, X-Men, the animated series, and Batman, the animated series, were two of my favorite cartoons growing up. Um, I liked comic book cartoons. Okay. And... Um, of course, and like I loved Doug. Like I was obsessed. Okay. With Doug. Okay. Doug, Rocco's Modern Life, X Men were my favorite cartoons. Like I didn't really get into the Rugrats. I didn't really like Ren and Stimpy. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I just certain things stuck out to me, and then certain things didn't. And of course, like the old school cartoons, like the Thundercats, Josie and the Pussycats, mm-hmm. Scooby Doo. Those are like my favorite cartoons. Yeah, I was a fan of Scooby Doo. I definitely liked um, X Men. The the first, I think they, I feel like they had several versions of it. You know, they did. I want to say they had three versions after the original, and to me, none of them they all paled in comparison. Yeah, to me. yeah. So I, I I would do the the little theme song, but I'm not gonna embarrass myself right now just to confirm the one you were watching. But I used to love the X Men. Uh, the X Men show. I used to, I love, I used to love Gambit. I loved his ex- his accent on that cartoon. And what was it though? Was it yo? His accent was was pretty dope. Yeah, I was like, oh my god. Again, that show. I was a child watching that show, and I feel like that was a little, even though it was a cartoon. I still feel like it was very a little mature. Yeah, Not like grown, grown, but it was like yeah. Why? Why can I understand what's going on? And I'm ten. Right. And right. No. Absolutely. This is clearly adult stuff. I agree. And I. I always wondered why they drew everybody so shapely. Like <laughs> all the all the all the women were were shapely. Like they were bad. You understand? <laughs> I was just like, why? Why they gotta be so fine? I mean, I, I don't get it. Costumes and shapely. <laughs> no one was a stick figure. All of them. No. Hips. Yes. Breasts. Yes. Yes, yes, absolutely. So I was like, just these like... Were, these were women that were size 8. I'm like, mm-hmm. they're all 8s and all. 8s, 10s, and 12s. Right. Okay. Yeah. No. I, I, I was... I, all of them. All of them. And I, my, Rogue was my favorite. Like, if I had to pick one, I was going to be Rogue all day, every day. <laughs> you pick Rogue over Storm? Okay. No, because Rogue could touch people and take their powers. Like, and she could mimic their powers for a little bit. Like, and you... Okay, you get it? It was a tie. It was a three-way tie for me. Like Storm, Jean Grey, and Rogue was just was a three-way tie. But Storm edged both of them out a little bit because she was a face of color. Yes, I no, yes, yeah, yeah. That's that's true. That's true. And for some reason, um, I loved like when they went underground and met with the warlocks. I think they were the warlocks. Yeah. Oh. I for they had they had like several episodes with that little theme or whatever and I for I can never forget it. 
I can never forget it. I I remember that. So I just that cartoon stuck with me. So I loved X Men. I remember watching the Batman. Yes. Um. The what? What'd you say? No, I was saying that was a good story arc. That the when they went underground to fight the Morlocks, that was a that's a storyline I can remember. This is twenty five years later. Yes. And we're still talking about right. It was so well written and it was it was such a great story that it transcended all these years later. Right, so, yeah, absolutely. Right. It was, a good story it was. It was and one it, of the best. Like you remember and all those You remember all those those dark characters like the the X-Men you did not know the ones that were not popular cuz they weren't like, you know, mainstream. They weren't they were underground, they were hiding. I was just so intrigued yeah. about it. So yeah, no, I definitely definitely I I appreciate their cartoon. Um I really wish, you know, they I don't know, like I don't really get into the cartoons these days at all like i'm not above it because i feel like i'm still a kid at heart so you know as soon as my three-year-old is old enough to because these cartoons are mature soon as she's old enough to get into like some of the i guess more mature cartoons i I guess i can revisit you know right but right now i can't like i like how they were mature but they weren't inappropriate like there's a way to be right mature and it's mature and it's done it's tasteful right then mature where it's like this is inappropriate. Like, right. This is definitely not geared for children, though it's animated. <clears throat> and a lot of adult swim stuff. Like, it never fell in that realm. It was always on the up and up, but it just wasn't for 10-year-olds. It was probably for 13 and 14-year-olds, but just not 8, 9, and 10-year-olds. Right. And I, I think that was a lot of the appeal to it, too, because you kind of, you didn't feel like you were, like, a little bitty kid watching it. You kind of felt like, oh, like, you know, you kind it made you feel like you were doing something a little bit. Right, it did. Just a little bit. But yeah, so uh, appreciate those cartoons. Let's see. Right, let's me see. Too. Um, let me see. What was a favorite a show? Like, I know I like 90210. I'm trying to think of, like, before I was on my own and moved out, like, what I was into. I, I guess, um, like, no, I think. I'm trying to figure out, like, the somewhere in between, like, 16, 18. Like, what was I watching? There had to be good, good TV. I I was I will say this between that age group the WB was everything like I watched everything mostly on the WB like I didn't really watch UPN I it was I don't know because just how I you know the background I come from like I've always been the chocolate chip in the bunch like it's always been I'm you know one of the only few people of color so you know, not that I chose that, but, you know, somewhat, I guess, whitewashed or whatever. But mm-hmm. I watched a lot of WB. It was a lot of Bobby the Vampire Slayer, Seventh Heaven, Dawson's ah. Creek, Felicity. Um, I tried to watch Moesha, and I was like... Oh, I yes. Just, I was watching oh, Moesha. Like, That's what it name? was. This isn't a name. This <laughs> is like a fungus or something. Like, <laughs> it can't really be Moesha. It just can't be. Yes, I was watching Moesha. That's what I was doing, watching Moesha. Mo to the yes, that's what I was doing. Moesha, um, I must have been watching. I'm thinking at some point we had to get like cable, so a lot of the basic TV like died out for me. Uh, (laughs) so I don't know. I was watching Seinfeld. I remember I was watching Oz. I was like. I am too young. No, Oz was too much. Oz was, I could not handle Oz. I think Oz came out when I was still, 
still, I might have been a little bit younger watching Oz. I was like, this is too grown. Uh -uh. Like, my parents watched it, and I, you know, uh -uh. I would watch it in my room, and I'm like, I shouldn't be watching this. this no, Oz, I could, I could not it handle. Too, it was too dark. I could not handle Oz. It, it reminded me too much of the movies I shouldn't have been watching, like, the, <laughs> like old school movies like Penitentiary and Penitentiary. I think, I think they had like two, three. Uh, I don't know if you know anything about Penitentiary. Um, but they had a movie and it had like three different parts and I just remember the Midnight Thug and he was like a little a little person that was raping people and I was like I probably I'm probably too young for this y'all but I saw it right. I, I saw it unfortunately fairly young so I was exposed to a lot on television so or on movies that the adults around me would watch and was like okay little eyes she understand no I didn't understand guys I really wish I hadn't exposed sure me. <laughs> I really wish I hadn't exposed me to that. But anyway, that is that. Uh, I'm probably, uh, like now, I hardly listen to any, like, music. Like, I listen to music, but it's probably, like, older music. Like, I feel like I catch on to music late now. But there was a time in my life where I was on top of everything. And so, yeah. So, I'm going to have to say, for me, like, high school, middle school, uh, anything bad boy was doing it for me. Um, uh, let's see, who else? And I'm I'm saying I think what bad boy it was. That's what I was. Middle school, high school, bad boy. They were killing it for me. I don't I don't know. For I, me, it was I was two sides. Uh, like I always I as a Gemini, I think I have a duality. Okay. So I'm always two sides of the extreme. So for me, through middle school and high school. <laughs> It's always been East Coast hip hop. It's always been Jay Z, BMX, Red Man, Method Man, Wu Tang, um, all of that. Ja Rule at the time, and then I would go to the opposite, and it would be Bubblegum Pop. It would be Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, Mandy Moore, Jessica Simpson, Ricky Martin, The Backstreet Boys, and it was just like, what? Yeah, no. They're like, <laughs> how how do you know all of this and? Like, you know it equally. Like, I can spit these bars alongside the songs on the radio with Jay-Z and all of them, and then, you know, I can sing the hooks on these pop songs, and it was just like, what? Nah. Yeah, so. Like, it took me a minute. It took me a minute to to gain that musical duality. Um, I think early on, I did not have it. Um, like I said, I, I was mainly East Coast. I think Tupac was the only West Coast rapper I accepted. Uh mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, mainly East Coast for me. I did appreciate Jay Z. I think I preferred him when he was like, um, when when he was still doing a fast rap, and then when he changed over, I was of course he was hot, you know, Blueprint, all that stuff. Everybody was with him, but like I was, I was there for the jiggle what, you know, like I was there. Right. So I like, I did like that, but like I was a huge uh notorious big i love big papa loved him i don't know why i don't understand today i mean it was good music it was but like i really really loved it like that was when i got my first headset and they couldn't monitor what i was listening to that's who i gravitated towards so right yes loved 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 i really appreciate the music uh you know from my childhood or whatnot but yeah as i got older i started to explore you know the um adult contemporary and like um you know like music from the 80s like the white groups like i love hall and oats today uh 
Do you? Oh my God. I can't explain. I think I tell my mom all the time, like she must have been listening to like some heavy 80s music when I was in her womb because I right. that music takes me somewhere in like in the comfort zone I don't understand. Like I love hauling notes. Like I go see them when they're in town. Like it's, it's weird. Oh, yeah, all right. Hello. All right, Paul Notes. I love them. Um so if anybody be talking bad, I'd be like, let, let me tell you something real quick. Please don't. Okay? Like don't do it. That's my group. I love them. But no, um let's see. I I, I love a lot of eighties. Uh, I love the eighties. Eighties was everything. Mm-hmm. Anita Baker, yes, Richie, yes, Pointer Sisters, yes, like Luther Vandross, yes. That, that's the stuff that I grew up on. That you know, that was there before I, you know, you had that because you grew up on it before you really developed your own music. Right, right, true, true. Like it's like it's there. Like you don't realize how much you appreciate it. Until you're just like, oh, you know what? I, it's like the background music to your childhood. Like, you're not really, like you said, you're not paying attention to it, but it's there. But it's there. It's there. Yes, absolutely. Love all of them. Lord knows. Like, where was I? I could probably tell you where I was when I found out Luther died or whatnot. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't consider myself like a huge Luther fan. You, you have to appreciate Luther if you, you know, do anything with music, you have to. But when he died, like, I remember just being like drunk and sad. <laughs> like, this is bad. Like, why did that happen? Of course, oh, I'm, I, I, I'm not doing my part if I don't tell you that I love Prince, love him. I'm actually, li- uh, <laughs> I always catch heat because. I'm not a Prince fan. I I'm get just, it. <laughs> I respect Prince. I just I'm, I've never been a fan. I've been like, uh, okay, Mm-mm. all right. So, currently looking at me is um, his uh, cover from Rolling Stone. Like it's right here. Like somebody uh-huh. gave it to me, you know, after he died because they knew it would mean something to me. So it sits up so I could see. Like I love him. Like I like I wasn't able. Like when I was able to listen to the music for me. Like I said, when I wasn't monitored. Like. This is the kind of music, like, I was drawn to Prince everything. Like, I love Purple Rain. I will start what I'm doing, and I will watch Purple Rain. Like, it's not a great movie, but I'm going to watch it. Like, it's four stars. Can I, can I admit this? I have never seen Purple Rain <laughs> in its entirety. I have probably seen <laughs> clips of Purple Rain in passing, but I've never sat down or ever had the desire to watch Purple Rain. I just never have. I don't... I've never been that invested in Prince like that. Mm-mm. May he rest in peace. Ma- yes, yes. Talented beyond belief just never have been interested. Wow. I, I don't understand. So I think I gave Prince bronze on a gold, silver, bronze between him, Lionel Richie, and Michael Jackson. So I don't think I heard that. I don't I don't think I was present for that episode because I would have been in your comments cutting up. Cutting up. Wait, I, yeah, I don't, think, I don't think you had started listening, but yeah, that was uh, around, <laughs> I want to say this time last year yeah this, that was an episode i remember because i caught a lot of flack for choosing lionel richie over prince oh my goodness like, kanye shrug. i don't know what to tell you but oh. i just don't see it for prince like that oh oh i would have been cutting up in the comments i just know no, it i'm sure you would yeah <laughs> you and everybody else they drug me to hell on that <laughs> i'm not taking it back I, I'm just, prince is cool but he ain't for me Oh my god. Okay. So yes. I even went to see the show, the Prince show. Like I was actually in Vegas 
September 17th, the 22nd. Oh. Yeah, I was out there, went to see a show. Like, and basically the show, for anybody who is interested in going to Vegas and watching, going to the Prince show, is basically based off the Purple Rain movie. So, if you hadn't seen the movie, you're going to be lost. So, <laughs> watch yeah. the movie. Yeah, but it's really good. I I love Prince. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. We can't share that. But, yeah, he's he's great. Let me see. Who else? <laughs> Who else was doing it for me? Let me see. Oh, well, I was a huge Lauren Hill fan. She got me out of high school. Um, she 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 learned me. Um, uh, her miseducation was my actual education. Uh, a lot of early heartbreaks that she helped me through. Like, oh my god. She helped me so much. That that CD that she got her all her grand Yes. Lauren Hill. She did a lot. She did. You you weren't feeling Lauren? I for me. Janet has been present my entire life. Like, I've been a Janet Jackson fan for as long as I can remember. Okay. I remember the music. Like, as, I've, as an adult, it connects with me more. Before, it was just melodies and mm-hmm. videos and the visuals and the sound. But the message, like, really, you know, as an adult, it, it's got, like, the albums have really just been great for me and just you know so impactful so yeah i have a appreciation for janet like she was hot like she was surprisingly you know like you know she's been around for forever but surprisingly like she was like a huge part of high school too like yeah she was there like she had i don't know what album that was but it was i get so lonely like she had a lot of hits she had a didn't she have a song with yes velvet road my favorite tracks off of that album um yeah, that was, I remember that album came out, I was in freshman year. Yes. And I was like, Janet is definitely, like, she she was going to let you know, I'm still a sex symbol. Yes. yes I'm depressed. Yes, there's stuff going on, but I'm mm-hmm. still a sex symbol. Yes. And you're still going to look at me. Right, right. Janet, Janet was still the it girl woman like she had carried it over like okay i can't be a girl because i'm a, you know a surefire woman but slash right there i'm still it like that's before you know beyonce could you know get into her you know own and take over so it was still janet in high school it was it was um but you know michael first of all i have to say um i will always i don't know like jackson five <laughs> I Jackson Five made me, you know, love Michael. So Jackson Five getting it, you know, loving them as a group, and then you know, accepting him as his own. That made me love Michael even more because I, I really, I think more so than anything, I love Jackson Five. And then Michael and all his greatness comes in there, and he's like, you know, whatever, whatever. I, I love him, but I think I love little Michael Jackson more so than anything. And I remember being a little kid, and my sister was flipping through the channels. Aww. And she was like, I was like, who is that? That's my boyfriend. She's like, girl, that's a grown man. I'm like, no, it's a little boy. She's like, no, he's little on there, but he's a grown man. <laughs> I remember saying, that's my boyfriend. So I love oh, Jackson wow. 5. Yeah, I love them. And like their music, like Michael, I feel like Michael decided to have like a style, a pop style. But I feel like if he ever wanted to like be an R&B singer, like he could have killed it. He definitely done it. He could have. He could have. Like I can hear his voice that he made decisions to be a pop artist because Listen to his young, his young, his like vocals when he was younger. You're like, it's there. If he wanted he to. He was definitely more soulful when he was younger. Yes, he was. But I feel like if he wanted to, if he wanted to be a soul singer, he had what he needed. I believe that. But the money was in pop, so I understood. Yeah. Go where the money's at. So Absolutely. 
that you're going to have those restraints. Same thing with Beyonce. Beyonce has kind of done that in the beginning. She was more controlled. She was more pop. And then she's like, you know what? I have ascended, so now I can do what I want. Right. I, 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 I could have done that too, but he just chose not to. Right. I appreciate um, everything. First of all, you know, being that she's from Houston, so am I. So, like, I feel like, you know, she was like a girl down the street that I didn't ever get to know, but I knew she was around there. And, <laughs> and it was like, it's like she she feels like, like everything that I feel like a Houston woman, you know, would feel like, I feel like she represented, even though she's so much more than that, you still, right. you still feel like her origins, like where she is today. And I just, I love Beyonce. I love it. Like, I, I said early on, when it was a group like I knew Beyonce was going to be a standout star by herself a solo artist I knew it I, I never I never even questioned it like when it was like the original girls I'm like no Beyonce gonna be by herself one day yep oh okay all right I knew it I could just tell I knew it like she was they were always the background singers I'm sorry but they oh lord Jesus okay they were I'm apologizing now, but they were. I apologize. It just they were never, they were never the same. Like they weren't. I, I'm gonna be honest. Like I wasn't the hugest Destiny's Child fan. Like Jay Z is really the reason. Like I really started standing for Beyonce. Like I was a casual listener, but mm-hmm. I, I mean, when I look back in retrospect, I can see it. But when it was happening, I was like. Man, Destiny's Child would not be here by the time I graduate, and surprisingly <laughs> enough, they were. But mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't think, I didn't think much of them at that time. In that moment, I thought, yeah, we've seen girl groups come and go, and there'll just be another escape. There'll be another TLC, another SWV. Right. I just didn't think they had, they were anything special at that time. Oh. But they proved, I mean, they proved me and everybody wrong. And right. Beyonce is a supernova that she was meant to be. Yes, 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 yes. She absolutely is. Um, who else? Uh, oh, so I think I was in college or yeah, definitely out of school by the time Kanye was out, came out. And I remember like hearing uh, Through the Wire for the first time and was like, okay, he's going to be huge. And my boyfriend, husband now was like, uh, no, he ain't going nowhere. And I'm like, no, this is going to be, he is going to be somebody. He's like, not at all. And like he kind of we're both right <laughs> no, I'm just playing I still love Kanye <laughs> I still love him like he's went through his dark patches and I, I my heart goes out to him but I I love Kanye I, I love him I I'm sorry I I just I think he's somebody who is yes crazy but I think a part of that he has to you have to be comfortable with who you are and accept it and you know sometimes ain't nobody gonna be out there with you to say yeah you're right <laughs> Right. <laughs> Sometimes it's gonna be by you gonna be lonely, absolutely, because some of that stuff is just too much for the rest of us. But hey, you test the waters first, and we'll just look at you crazy. But yeah, I still appreciate him and what he does. Yeah, how you feel about Kanye? Um, I understand Kanye because Kanye is a Gemini. I'm a Gemini. He's lost his mother. I've lost my mother. I understand him, but. I feel like sometimes, and this is why I call him House Mother Kanye, <laughs> he's just too much. It's too much. Yeah. It's just too much. Calm down. Just, <laughs> I think he needs to just take a hiatus, come back a few years later, but it's ne- he's never going to be able to take that because Kim's need and desire to be in the limelight is just 
too much. So he's never going to be able to take the break that he wants. Musically, a genius. Um, personally, what he gives me not doing music, it's just like it stunts and it shows and it's like, no, give us the music. More focus on the music, less focus on your personal life. That's hmm. just to me. I agree. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Like, I feel like if he could separate the two, and he would be okay, but he probably won't ever be able to. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah but he, he's, he'd rather be... He's a Kardashian now, so his focus is not on the music. It's His focus is on... <laughs> it's on his whatever. Like, I guess, uh, stern... I guess keeping the attention going... Like, right. I, I don't know. He's a fame boy, so let, you know. Bye, Kanye. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So, enough of the music, uh, TV shows or whatnot. I have a question up here. So, okay. what would your younger self tell you today? Like, would, would, would younger you approve of you today? Okay. Ooh, uh, good question. My, what I would tell my, what you're asking, what I would tell my younger self. What would your younger self tell you today? Like, would they approve of you today? Would they be like, okay, you did what we wanted you to? Um, I want to say for the most part, I feel my, yeah, I feel, I feel my younger self would be where we are. I feel like, and I don't, when I say this, people get a, they scratch their head. I feel like for the most part, I've had the same personality since I've been two years old. It's done nothing but layer and compound and just evolve over the last 32 years. So I feel like it's just a natural evolution, of just a growth and ascension from these 32 years. So I feel like, yeah, I feel like I'm where I, sh- you know, where I should be, where I am, and then there's more to come. It just keeps getting better. Right, 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 right. No, yeah, that did make me scratch my head. Like, wait, you you knew your personality when you were two? Like, you had a good idea of what you... I don't... I have no clue at two. Like, I feel I like... Have, and my my grand my grandparents have told me that. They're like, you literally have not changed. Like, the essence in the core of you has, has just gone on all these years. And I'm like, wow. And then I think about... I think back to, like, you know, John at six... John at six was still talking and still maneuvering and I guess quote unquote being too grown mm-hmm. at four, five, and six as he was at, you know, 15, 16, 17, and then 26, 27, 28. Right. Well, that's... I mean, I, I don't know. I guess that just comes from the background that I have. And, right. You know, having older parents and, right. you know, just things of that nature. It's just like, you know, they've always treated me as an a you know they treated me as yes you're a child but you have to conduct yourself in a certain manner so you know you have to be you know you have to work and be twice you have to work twice as hard to get half the credit so i, I definitely understand that so i kind of feel like that's been my thing because it's been instilled in me in so long so it's just how it is and i don't see it as anything different wow no i feel like <laughs> I don't know. So I feel like I don't. I feel like every stage for me has been like there's been a certain area of my life highlighted more so than anything else. And I, I feel like younger me would be, you know, would would have like would expect more from me today. 
honestly. Right. But um, but still be like, okay, I, I'm, I'm will still give me credit. Uh, younger me, I would say, was uh, I guess harder. Like I think uh, I guess it was easier to be harder on myself as a kid. So like when other people were hard on me, it didn't feel as bad, you know. So it's like. Let me let me be extremely hard on myself. So when other people, you know, give me a hard time, it's just like, oh, okay, you have nothing on me. <laughs> you know, like I do way more than you do or whatever. And I think it was something I had to break out of as I got older because it was just like, okay, if I'm going to be this hard on myself or if people going to be, if life is going to be this hard, then I need to ease up, you know? And so it was kind of that thing where I just kind of had to soften up and like, you know, not be so... I guess extremely hard on myself and I don't I try not I don't feel like I'm hard on myself at all now but I still sense it you know and and it's kind of I guess people would have to know me or know what I put myself through um as a as a younger woman or as a child but like I was very I was always deep in thought so I think that carried over you know huge thinker um kind of kind of like played chess with people like I, I I knew everybody's role kind of like I knew who everybody was and what they were doing and why they were doing it so I can hear one piece of the story I knew who played part in what like I, I was doing that <laughs> as a little kid so I think I still kind of do that I just think I'm like less involved like I care a lot less than what I did then like I just kind of be like do what y'all gonna do I don't care you know I don't have to know I don't I don't care what you think you know it's just that kind of thing but yeah, I, I feel like my younger self would approve. It's just like they probably still like you could do a whole lot more. Sorry, but yeah, they would do. They would be kind of judgmental. But yeah, right. That is that. Uh, let's see. Where, where, where? So we, I think we already talked about that. Like, what keeps you motivated to continue the podcast? We kind of talked about that. Um. What keeps me motivated to podcast? Honestly, because I, I say this so much, I'm an avid podcast listener uh. before I'm a quote-unquote podcaster. So what motivates me is hearing my peers and their perspectives and their takes on so many different things, whether it's pop culture, whether it's cultural things, whether it's politi- you know, politics, things of that nature. Hearing you guys' delivery and being such strong voices of color and coming from such different, vast backgrounds really motivates me, and it makes me say, you know what, let me step it up. Let me really bring my A-game to this mic, and that's what really motivates me. What motivates me is just, you know, being someone that didn't have a social media presence or background and then just deciding to happen to do a podcast because originally I wasn't going to do a podcast. I never thought, hey, I'm going to be a podcaster. I just thought I like listening to them. I like interacting with them. And then I just happened to be one. Like, I, I, and here I am. And that's how, that's what really motivates me. That was a great answer because, you know, like, I don't think, I don't think when you record, you realize like how many people that you're going to touch by something you say, and it's going to like, like inspire something in them. That is so true. Like you, I, when I listen to other people's podcasts, 
I'm just like, they say something. It's like, oh my God, like, yeah, that's, that's exactly what happens. That is a part of my motivation too. You kind of put words to it. That is exactly what happens. Like we are kind of, you know, when we put a show out, it's kind of like we are, you know, motivating the next person. Like, come on, (laughs) you know, get on here. Give me, give me your, you know, give me your views. Give me your opinions. Like, even if we kind of do every now and again, talk about the same thing. I feel like because we are different with different backgrounds, we're going to touch on a part that maybe wasn't brought out from another show, you know? And I I really feel like we do motivate each other just by getting on here, however often we do and, you know, doing our shows and just speaking on whatever is important to us at, a, at that time. So that is true. Right on the money right there. Let's see. Next question. Have you ever wanted to format someone else's show? I'm sorry? Have you ever wanted to format someone else's show? Have I ever wanted to format anyone else's show? I'm going to say no because here's the thing. I am sensitive. I may come off as hard as nails and attached <laughs> and icy and whatever, but I'm sensitive about this crap. Like, I I don't think I would format anyone else's show. I will say this. I would like some of the people that I really love and adore that podcast. I would love for there to be more consistency, but it's easy for me to be selfish and say, I want an episode every week because when life comes at you fast, life happens Mm -hmm. and it prevents people from doing a podcast every week. And then you have to layer on, if you're doing a podcast and you have multiple hosts, that, that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's just, when there are multiple people doing a show, it's so hard to keep consistency because there are so many variables that can change the trajectory of the show. So, you know, that's the only thing with consistency. Like, and that's selfish of as, as listeners is to want consistency with people that put themselves out there to do these shows. Yeah. So I wouldn't change anyone's format. The only thing I would change if I could, if I was forced to change anything, it would just be the consistency, consistency, even though I understand life happens. Right. And I think like, I, I didn't even like when I started my show, I didn't even like consider like doing it with like other people or what anything like that. Like, I didn't even think of that. I just, I was like, okay, this is something I wanted to do. And I just knew like with everything else in life, when there was something I wanted to do to try to get people to like tag along and be excited about it with me was the hardest thing in the world. In fact, when you start trying to involve people, they would like kind of discourage you from doing it in the first place. So I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do this and that'll be that. And then I just, I just realized like after, you know, getting started and, listening to other people's podcasts and realizing like how life affects you like how much while it's hard being a solo host the convenience of not having to worry about like your other guests and no not your other hosts and figuring out if they can make it and what's going on like that is a benefit that you know we didn't even know we would have because lord knows like that it that is big like i could imagine like having to do stuff on my end and then having like a get a host or two to have to you know work around too like i don't know i don't i don't know 
I don't know, but that is, it's, I know that it's really tough. Really, really tough. Really. So outside of that, I was going to ask you uh, what it was like for you after your one year of podcasting. Like, what did that do for you personally? So I was like, I can kind of calm down and not be worried if I don't make a week. Because that first year, I was like, I want to maintain consistency and put out a show for the most part every week unless something crazy happened. And that, you know, that's been that. I want to say my audience from when I started to the year mark has probably because I remember having listeners and interactions at like maybe under 25 people and now I'm in triple digits and I'm like really like you guys you guys like what I do and you guys come back each week I'm just shocked like wow thank you yes yes um yeah, you know, you you can't help but, you know, notice. Like, I can, you know, you can look when you're scrolling on SoundCloud. You know, you can tell who gets listens and who doesn't or whatnot. And as for me, you know, when I was, you know, when I first started, Lord knows. Like, I probably, I said, I, I was talking to my four followers. And I think two of them was like a robot or something. And I was going to talk. I was going to talk to them until, you know, you know, until I actually had a, a real following. And so, like, I'm approaching my my first year, whatever. Next month, actually, it'll make a year for me. And it's just like, thank you. And it's just like, am I going to calm down or am I still going to push for, you know, this, you going to do this weekly or whatnot? And I do do feel the relief in it in a sense to where, you you know, you don't, you're not holding over your head as hard. Because I feel like really it's just the it's the goal in itself. Like you you made a goal and you want to you know be true to your goal. Like you want to make the goal and then you maybe have to make a new goal for like your following year as far as what you want. But yeah, like I feel like when I do it and it's just next month, so when it's done, I feel like I'll be like, yeah, a lot of podcasts don't make it a year, and then you're a solo podcaster and you're about to make your year that is a huge accomplishment yeah yeah it's i i I don't take it lightly like it's it's a big deal for me because i i just feel like there were so many reasons for me to stop you know like oh you're not reaching you know like you you just you you just give yourself all this out all this self-doubt and then you know one day it hits you like no like you've been doing this for six months you've been doing this for uh nine months and like oh my god you about to hit this year like you're not gonna stop what's wrong with you and so yeah and so i'm i'm really excited and like i just i just i want to talk to people who's been doing it like you as a solo podcaster like you made your one year and i'm like i know you just like i did that by myself i did it like I, i got on here and i made it happen and you i'm just I just I know what it's like to like say you you wanted to do something that actually did it and did it for a year at least because you do right. you do see I I was so I'm still in disbelief like oh my god I've been doing a show for over a year that's crazy yeah it's a big deal and you I mean congratulations to you again I know you you hit your year like what four months ago 
Um, oh my God, I've been doing this for a year and a half. <gasps> Get out. Get out. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, yeah, October, October 29th. I will have done this show for a year. I'm sorry, a year and a half. A year and a half. See, and it just, it just don't sit like the time flies by. All you have to do is just like, okay, another week or however often you are dedicated to doing it. Say, okay, here it is, and bam, like it's, it's, it's a, it's an awesome thing. Like I think it's a great way to reach people. I feel like my podcast is a way that I let my little thoughts go for a stroll or whatever. <laughs> like I'm just like, yeah, I love it. It's, 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 it's good. It's a good release. It's just it's fun. The people, the the you know the community. It's, it's good, clean fun, and I like it. Yeah, yeah. You you don't know like I did not know what to expect from the community. I didn't know the community was like this big. Like who knew? I- who knew? Like you, you think okay, I'm gonna start a podcast. You know, like the bigger podcast, and that's it. You didn't know like there were like a million other podcasts like no. small small podcasts and you're just like what what until you like until you you know create your little name and create your little you know logo or whatnot and then you you're like wait what there's a million podcasts <laughs> there's everybody and mama got a podcast everybody and mama <laughs> literally has a podcast i think there's a podcast called everybody and mama i think <laughs> I know there's one called Oversaturated. I know they. It's like I'd be laughing at the names of these podcasts because I'm like, look. <laughs> like, this is real life. Like, every, like it's so many podcasts. Yeah, it is, and you know, and you, it's so many that you know they start one day and then they don't make you know to thirty episodes. You're just like they don't. Because Time Hop reminds me of this because I will go to Time Hop. And I'll see where I shot someone's link out for a podcast, and then they're not even here anymore. Man, that is crazy. And so, like, when I would listen to other podcasts talking about, like, you know, the like the little marks that you get to, like the posts where you're like, look, like if you can make it past this, then you might be serious or whatever. And you're just like, but why? Would, like, how did you talk yourself into doing something and didn't and didn't talk yourself into sticking to it? You know, like th- that's my attitude. Like, I'm I'm pretty much not gonna start anything that I'm not gonna finish because I pretty much I know. I'm with you. <laughs> I kind of know. Like, uh, no. Mm-mm. And this is just the one thing I was like, no, you, you're gonna stick it out. Like, I can talk all the noise I want to. I can tell you all the negative thoughts I had. N- at no point did any of those things say you're not doing it no more. You just, I just knew it was all. It was just, it was just doubt. It was just, you know, a negative feeling. It wasn't going to, right. it wasn't going to get the better of me. And and that's what I would tell anybody that's doing it. Don't let it get the better of you. I don't care who said what or, you know, what negative comments somebody put. Just keep doing what you're doing. If it's doing something Do for you. And yes. And love it. If it's benefiting you in any way, keep at it. So what? Did you, have you ever had any negative comments? Have I had any negative comments? Yes. Yes, I have. Yes. <laughs> He's like, what? I don't talk about them on air. Okay. I always, I always talk about the good things that people say. That's good. On air. I may go to Twitter to vent about the negative things, but I've been getting as much love as I've gotten, and I appreciate that. There have been people that have said some less than stellar things 
There have been people that have had a lot of homophobic things to say. Wow. There have been people that have had a lot of racial things to say because some people listened to the show initially and didn't know what I looked like. Mm. So they thought it was this white guy dropping the N-bomb all the time. (laughs) And I'm like, you can't do this. You're racist. And I'm like, I'm not racist. I'm not white. Like, contrary to what I sound like, I'm not a white guy. So, I, I had a lot of those comments. Wow. I had a lot of comments that are saying, oh, who do you think you are? You're just trying to be the next Kid Fury. And I'm like, I'm really not. Wow. I'm not trying to be the next anybody. I'm just trying to be me. Right. And and that's the thing, like, too. I, I get the negative comments. I, I know. I get the negative comments. I get, oh, you're riding such and such as coattails. And I'm like, no, that's not it. Like, I'm just out here doing me. Like, everything about me has been organic. Everything about me has been original. I want to say I came out the gate being who I am. Right, right, right. I just had great guidance, and I had the great tools of a great mentor, and that's just that. There you go. There you go. Um, I mean, I block it out. Like sometimes it, it discourages me, but you know, I'm a fighter. Like my thing is this: the stuff that people say that is negative, you'll say it on the internet, but I promise you, you would never say it in my face because I have no problem handing out the fade. I really don't. <laughs> yeah, I no. Have that same veracity in person that you have on these keyboards. <laughs> I they, promise you, you don't want it with me. No, no. But yeah, that's my whole thing on it. Well, that's good. That is good. Um, Before, you know, because we're having, you know, our little technical difficulties, I want you to plug your show and tell people how to find you. Okay. Um, So you can find the John Effect podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Um, I think... Pop up on Overcast. I've seen people tweet it. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much where you can find me, and you can find me anywhere on social media under the John Effect pot or the John Effect handle, Twitter, Instagram. That's pretty much me in a nutshell. Yes, yes, yes. And I have to tell you <laughs> that I have uh, created a name for you. <laughs> Oh gosh! I'm, I'm sorry. No, because it's your cheekbones, and I call you cheekbones Jones. Cheekbones Jones. And you call me cheekbones Jones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is so cute because that is so cute and so nice because some of, some of our podcast peers um, have dubbed me Maleficent, and I'm just like, that's funny too. But I like cheekbone Jones. You know, hold on, let me write that down. <laughs> show with the aka cheekbone jones i like that <laughs> cheekbone jones over there because it's like you just they just so sharp i'm like why can nobody else lord who you get them from your mom or your daddy um i get them from my father mm-hmm. because the funny thing is i literally look exactly like my father I'm just a, I'm just a lighter version of him. It's so weird because my brother looks, I mean, he's a few years, he's three years older than me. 
we look similar, but for some reason, my cheekbones are more prominent. Gotcha. But his son, who's a lighter version of me, has the same cheekbones, and it's crazy. It's just like, I'm like, your, your, your son looks like he could be my son. Wow. He literally looks a lot like me. That happens. That happens. I feel like I feel like my little girl looks like my sister, and that's because I'm darker and my little girl is lighter. So I'm like, okay, you are my sister's child, and people do that. Like, yeah. So I mean, it happens. But yeah. So yeah, cheekbones, Jones, and (laughs) that's who. That's what I call you. And I'm like, I hope you don't get mad because I I I make up. I love it. That is so cute. Well, I'm glad you like it. it. I'm glad you I, like thank it. Thank you. You have just given me a new AKA. I will. You, you will be, if you listen to a recent show, you'll be hearing that in the intro. Awesome. 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 And so, with that, guys, that was my guest, uh, Johnny Fex from the Johnny Fex podcast, a fellow solo podcaster. I had a blast, and thank you again for coming on my thank show. You, thank you so much. I, I, again, thank you so much. For reaching out and having me on the show, it's been a fun, it's been so much fun. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And all right, good night. Good night. I'll see you later. Okay. Bye bye. all right all right that is going to wrap up another episode this was episode 48 and thank you for listening you guys are awesome um i need you guys to go check the the um, info box this week because the movie i was talking about that i couldn't think of the name is called sister sister it has diane carroll irene cara and Rosalind cash all the details about that movie will be in the info detail box or whatever you call that um detail box uh, whatever you call it anyway but yeah um go ahead and you know prepare for an awesome week uh i would recommend that you get as much work done you can this week because once november approaches like it's it you're ready for 2018 if you're anything like me like work is distracted it's too much eating it's too much chatter it's just too much going on so i may i think this is maybe the last week you get to really focus so make this a great week make it better than last week and you know do your thing do your thing and goodbye for god's sakes just goodbye bye